Our scripture reading today comes from Psalm 13. It's a psalm of oppression. I think it has a lot to say about our conversation today. So if you will join me reading Psalm 13. Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, I'm so excited about our conversation today. Um, the psalm that we read, like I said, it is Psalm 13. It's a psalm of oppression. And as we, we've looked at that psalm, we uh, felt like it was a perfect time to enter into a conversation we've been having, um, but me preaching to you or Chad <laughs> preaching to you, but it's, uh, we felt like it was time to move into an actual conversation about race and racism. I feel like Psalm 13 set us up perfectly uh, to have this conversation. And so I have two special guests with me uh, today. Uh, this is Sam McGee, who we know and love from Maryville Vineyard Youth Pastor. Um, and so Sam's here to, to help, help me ask good questions. Um, and then my uh, our very special guest, no offense, Sam, is my dear friend, <laughs> my dear friend, Tracy Halter. Uh, Tracy is a teacher at Alcoa Intermediate School. She is a trained actress. She's a worship leader. She's a lot of things to a lot of people, but to me, she is my friend. And so uh, we're going to ask you really tough questions. Okay. today and let you uh, help us get a kingdom framework about what it means uh, to be people who are anti-racist, essentially Christians who are trying to um, lean into and, and fight for the stuff we believe in. So here's my first question. Um, this season is bananas. COVID say no more you're you started school this week i mean there's so much that's nuts but um there has been a racial tension that is not new to you um but a lot of people listening into this conversation are waking up to something that you have been very much awake to and so my question is as a person of color in the last few weeks and months you can answer for years though <laughs> uh how how are you Oh, I'm tired, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's exhausting. It's tiring. It's, I've been sad. Mm -hmm. I've been scared. Um, I've been frustrated and angry and hopeful and sad and frustrated yeah, and angry and, cycle, you know so yeah. that that's exhausting that that mm -hmm. that's exhausting I I you know and that it keeps happening mm -hmm. over again and that you know I I you know 2014 um with Tamir Rice I think I might be getting my dates wrong mm -hmm. because it seems to happen every... It happens a lot. Well, and I should say the big ones happen. The big ones happen, yeah. The ones yeah. you don't hear about. Mm 
-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. things that go on in the dark in smaller cities or mm -hmm. countries mm -hmm. that we don't even know about, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, and, and you know that, like, now they're showing camera footage of things that happen to people, you know, yeah. months or even years ago that yeah. we are just finding out about. But, you know... The major ones, the ones that made white people go, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't mm -hmm. believe this is happening in our country, mm -hmm. you know, kind of have been in like 2012, 2014, mm -hmm. 2016, you know, just on and yeah, on, yeah. the ones that make you go, oh, this is huge, and mm -hmm. this is a headline, and I don't believe this is happening, mm -hmm. and then we forget, mm -hmm. you know, and then we hear another one, and we're like... Oh my goodness, the, I think the comments that I keep hearing is this, it's 2020. You know, you How said it's 2014. Yeah. You said it's 2016, yeah. you know what I mean? And so yeah. um, I think my biggest, the biggest feeling is, is just tired. I mean, exhausted. I mean, there are things that I think about that probably you don't have to think about, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. There are things that my white husband has to think about for me. You know, mm -hmm. I don't drive his car because his windows don't roll down. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want me to get stopped and be yelling out that my windows don't roll down. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So all of that stuff, there were a few weeks where I didn't go outside. I didn't go anywhere at night. Mm -hmm. You remember that. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so there are just a lot of feelings, but I think it's just like exhaustion, mm -hmm. exhaustion of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you saying that. Um, months ago, it was so helpful. And when you looked at me and you said, "Your black friends are tired. Yeah, they are tired. Yeah, you're waking up right now, but we're exhausted. Yeah, we're coming into this exhausted. Yeah. and so, um, so I think uh, one, uh, the next question I want to ask. Uh, this is one that uh, Sam and I have talked about that we both we both hear a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Our church is is predominantly white, and so when things like this happen, I feel like uh, people come to their pastor and they say, I, I don't know what to say. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say on social media. I don't know what to say to uh, my black and brown friends. I don't know. You know, it's just this question of, of I, and the, this desire to not want to say the wrong thing mm -hmm. or... Um, not to make things worse or things like that. And so I thought it might be helpful just to ask mm -hmm. when, and not just when the big things happen, when the headlines happen, but just in general, what do we say? I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I think uh, <clears throat> that as Americans anyway, we are just uncomfortable with grief. We are. We are uncomfortable with the brokenness of yes. others. We are mm -hmm. uncomfortable showing when we are broken mm -hmm. and that we need people, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, I, I heard a pastor um, say that when people are grieving, just say I'm sorry mm -hmm. and nothing else and kind of sit in being uncomfortable you know, but we don't, you know, when someone when has add to it. a miscarriage, we say, I'm sorry, you can have another baby, or it's mm -hmm. a good thing you can have another baby, or mm -hmm. I'm sorry, heaven's gained another angel when someone mm -hmm. loses a loved one, mm -hmm. and we need to just stop and say, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Or we say, I'm sorry, but I need to get all the facts. 
Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but I wish they would have complied. I'm sorry, but there should never be a but after that. Yeah. Just I'm sorry and sit in sit in being uncomfortable. I mean, you know, I, Matt Chandler said if a, if somebody ran over their child accidentally backing up in the driveway and you run over if I ran over my child and you get to the hospital as my pastor mm -hmm. and you start talking to me about the lessons that we need to learn about safe driving and looking in the rear view mirror. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That is not what needs to happen mm -hmm. when someone is broken and grieving and crying out. Mm -hmm. That is not the time to look for the details, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. to ask, was it a fake 20? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Or what did he have in his hand? Mm -hmm. You know, or I heard he robbed a bank when he was 12, you know right, what I mean? Like, right. Or, you know, I heard he was in juvenile when he was 12 or whatever. Uh -huh, uh -huh. That is not the time. And so I think I have been blessed by people who have said, I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. I love you and I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And leave donuts on your doorstep like you do. <laughs> okay, I eat your feelings. I love you I know, and I'm here for you. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a good word. Uh, because I've, I've actually had a, a, one of my friends give me the same advice, um, uh, one of my black friends, but we were having this conversation because these conversations are hard. You know, as a pastor, like, I've had to learn, you know, to be uncomfortable in grief because mm -hmm. I'm around it a lot. And, and it is hard and it is awkward, but, like, uh, these conversations are new um, for a lot of white people, and mm -hmm. we get very uncomfortable. And, and that's what he told me. He said, look, Sam, like, you've got to learn to be uncomfortable um, and, and it really struck a chord. That's such a strong word and such a such a practical mm -hmm. piece of like how do we have these conversations? And I remember um, a, a pastor that used to work at the Vineyard here. He's another pastor, Matt, as well. Mm -hmm. But he was talking about the story when um, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. But when he first mm -hmm. gets back um, to town, like Martha comes at him and she she wants all the details. She's asking all the questions. Mm -hmm. She's like. Where, where this, this, and this, yeah. like, and you know, so Jesus meets her there, but when he gets to Mary, uh, Mary's just like in tears and like, yes, just beside herself. And that's, you know, the famous, you know, shortest verse in the Bible, you know, mm -hmm. Jesus wept. Um, but I, I, I never forget it. This sermon stuck with me for so long, but Matt said, there's a time for truth and there's a time for tears. And like, that's, that's just such a strong word that you gave, because I think so often, uh, we're uncomfortable with grief or we're uncomfortable with mourning and we want to lean into the truth because it makes us feel secure. Uh, mm -hmm. But what it, in reality, uh, we need to lean into those tears. We need to learn mm -hmm. to sit and be uncomfortable and, mm -hmm. and mourn with those who mourn and <laughs> grieve with those who grieve. Mm -hmm. um, and, and just listen. I mean, the ministry of presence is so huge. Absolutely. So huge. Yeah. I feel like um, I saw that play out <clears throat> personally <clears throat> Um, and uh, when Ahmad Arbery died, and um, I find out about it, and I'm I uh, wanted to reach out to you and say something about it, and I, I wasn't sure what to say, and so rather than going to those tears first, I'm like I'm gonna say something great, I'm gonna say something helpful, and so I go to type you a text, and I'm writing it out, and it's and I can't get my wording right, and oh that might make it worse, or I wonder if that'll be offensive, and I it did the classic like 
type out, delete, type out, delete, type out, delete. And then I was like, I just need to walk away from this for a second so I can get the words right. And so I did what we all do, and I went to Facebook to avoid my problems, although you just find more problems on Facebook. It's not working, people. Yeah. Um, but so I go to Facebook to avoid problems. And the first person that appears on my Facebook is you. And um, and you had written uh, at the time people were uh, all at the same time people were running and walking in honor of Ahmad, and you had done that. And, and I just read the first sentence at first, and and it it said something like, I I went out alone at you know whatever 24 p.m. and mm -hmm. and I I walked alone. And I saw that sentence and it just broke me because I thought I spent so long trying to get these words right. And my friend walked alone. Mm. You walked alone through our neighborhood and that's where I was supposed to be. It wasn't trying to get all these words exactly correct. And I think sometimes we, our inaction comes from being afraid that we're gonna cause more harm. Mm. When that ministry of presence, we, we watch Jesus mm. And, and do something, you know, move and show up and, and, and be there and sit around a dinner table together. Mm -hmm. We, we show up. And so, um, that's, I, I, I've said this, my, what it makes me think of is Jesus and the, uh, deaf mute. And he looks at this man who is deaf and mute and he's, it's, I think, I feel like he's just looking at it and saying, this is not what I meant. This is not how I meant things to be. This is not the most free way. And he has this moment of grief, this moment of, it's the deep sigh. We talked about it a few weeks ago, this deep sigh. Uh, but what happens after that is he he does something. He, he heals him. He works toward restoration. He works toward uh, reconciliation and redemption and all of these things. And, and so that's something Sam and I have spent a lot of time and you and I have spent a lot of time talking about is is how do you how do who, how do we get from grief to movement yes yeah because i know for me like i've it's been several years actually that i've been trying to to unlearn some stuff mm -hmm. and, and learn a lot of of new things like i realized there was a real need in my life to to hear voices from folks that don't look like me to hear all these experiences that that i can't have or haven't had as as a white man and to really listen and to, to learn. So I've, you know, a lot of podcasts and a, and a lot of books. Um, so I've tried to grow and have those conversations and, and do those things. Uh, but, you know, for me, like, I'm kind of, I guess one of my, my big questions is, you know, as I grow more empathetic and learn and understand more, how do I move from that deep sigh into, like, meaningful change, right? With my family. I've got three beautiful Kids, me and my wife, uh, we're, we're a very white family. My kids, if you hold them up to the sun, you can see through them. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, like, so how do, you know, now that I'm in the spot where I want to create movement and meaningful change, like, I guess, like, how do, how do we start doing that, like, in our families or in our workplaces or in our church um, or, or even in like our small spheres or bigger spheres where we exist, like how, how do we create that kind of meaningful, meaningful change? Because I know when we were preparing for this, like you guys talked about like sharing a dinner table and, and building trust and things like that. So, so I guess like as, as, a, as a white person, like how, how do I go about creating, you know, meaningful change, moving from just the learning and growing, but into like the meaningful change? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think um, 
Well, first of all, I will say that as Christians, we are going to be held accountable for this. Mm -hmm. So yeah. this is going to make you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You're going to be held accountable for how you dealt with this. Um, that's just the reality. Um, I honestly believe that, you know, I don't know if this whole thing will be solved before Jesus comes back, but what we are doing while we are waiting is so important, and it's what we'll be accountable for. Um, and I, I, when you say, what do we do, I think that what you that the question is the first thing. I think someone's yeah. saying, "What do we do?" Instead, I've heard so many things along the years. You know, like I don't need to learn anything or read anything about race. All I need to do is read my Bible and love people, right? Mm -hmm. um, or I don't see color. Mm -hmm. I just see Jesus. You know, <laughs> I'm like, well. To not recognize color is to not recognize God's mosaic. Mm. Yes. You know, yes. yeah. to not recognize color is word. to not recognize the beauty of his artistry. Mm -hmm. Not my words, Eric Mason. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and when you say, what do I do? You are going to get uncomfortable in what mm -hmm. you do. You know, mm -hmm. you got to step out of your comfort zone. Um, I, I, you know, we were going to a huge Southern Baptist church. We love the people that we still have people we consider family at this church. And mm -hmm. we love the church and the pastor. But one day we looked up and there were 300 kids mm -hmm. in the choir. And this was years, like a few years ago, we looked up and we were like, there are 12 kids of color and six of them are ours, right? <laughs> and so right yeah. away we started like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? We know that something needs to change within our family, mm -hmm. within what our kids are seeing, mm -hmm. you know, but they really have the word of God. They're like incredible. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. can we yeah. find another place that, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, so we really started praying. And when we did move, um, when we did felt felt led after visiting a few times to go to Hope, my husband had kind of an epiphany where he was like, honey, I have a black wife and I have two biracial kids and we just adopted two Hispanic kids and I don't, I am not good friends with one man of color. Mm -hmm. I know men of color, but they are not in my circle, at our table, you know, any mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. Um, and so he said, I'm going to change. That's got to change. Mm -hmm. Something's got to change. So he called the worship pastor and invited <laughs> him to lunch. I was like, oh, Lord, my husband is not playing, right? So he, I was like, okay, what are they going to talk about, right? So, and then he called, I mean, he was already friends with the pastor because uh -huh. the pastor was an intern at uh -huh. our other church. But, mm -hmm. and then he called um he called one of the men Baffin Harper oh <laughs> Who we love. you know you and I share that love for the Harper family but he called Baffin Harper and that really made me nervous because my dad has passed he never uh -huh. met my dad uh -huh. he doesn't know any older black men and I was mm -hmm. like 
Oh, he's stepping it up. He's stepping <laughs> up his game. So he he caught he had like, I don't know, two and a half, three hour, you know, like mm-hmm. lunch um with Baffin and and he just said, I'm not we uh, he just became very intentional. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's one of the things. Yeah. Before you feel like so you good. need to go and do something, become intentional about your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I'd walk into the living room and he'd be watching thirteenth. I never said, mm-hmm. you need to watch 13th. I'm yeah. your wife. You don't get a pass, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'd walk in and he'd be watching 13th. Or he loves hockey. Mm-hmm. I came home one day, he found this book called Black Ice on mm-hmm. ho- black hockey players. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He loves uh, history. So I, he has all these books from... Um, the African American Museum on on black soldiers mm-hmm, and Tuskegee mm-hmm. Airmen and yeah. you know he did that on his own. So yeah, first right. of all, I think in order to do something, you've got to want something, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and you got to say, I want this enough to be uncomfortable. So and this is what we're going to do, you know. Mm-hmm. And yes, I know like there are three black people at our church. I'm gonna go ask them if they want to go to lunch. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They may say no, you know. They may be like, no, I'm tired. <laughs> You're like the fifteenth white person in the last too month. Too many that have, donuts. Right, you know what I mean? Too many donuts, right? Um, but I think you keep going mm-hmm. and you keep trying. You know, you figure out how do I feel when I see a young black man in a hoodie? Mm-hmm. You start working on you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Harvard has an implicit bias test that's mm-hmm. free. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take that test. You're alone. Nobody won't see it. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Go ahead and take that test. But you, I think it starts with you, and it starts with, Lord, I'm your servant. What do you want me to do about this? Mm-hmm. You know? You get your yeah. kids. You get your You get your kids if you don't have a circle that has kids of color or they are not at a school with kids of color, then you get books for them. Mm-hmm. You know, you get books for them. It is important that that your kids see, you know, be kids of color, people of color, mm-hmm. you interacting with people of color. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, like, really be real about how, how your dinner table looks mm-hmm. and why does it look like that. You know, I think you start with you and then you move out, Mm -hmm. you know, you move out to others. But first, you've got to start with you, because if you don't, it's going to fade. It'll become a march and a scream and a, you know, say Mm -hmm. their names, Black Lives Matter with white people holding signs. And then it will fade away until the next incident happens. If you don't really try to see every day. You know, every day. I mean, I I I do, and I think it's asking. It's asking. You know, Mm -hmm. how how do I do this? You Mm know, Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I I as a black person, I am I there. You know, there are tons of there are people who came. You know, people walked to my house. Mm -hmm. You know, and stood on my front porch, knocking. Hey, what do I do? I am so sorry, you know, and yeah, it gets exhausting and you got to bring more donuts because I don't <laughs> just want to, you know what I mean? It, it is exhausting, but I'm a Christian. That's, I, I'm a child of God first. And so when I am asked, when I am, let's have a conversation, can I come over, bring you dinner? 
this is my personal preference, I'm telling you, as a mm -hmm. black woman. I am like, yes, you can. Mm -hmm. Because it's more than me. It's more than about me. It is about being kingdom focused. And if white people are coming to me who have, you know, relationship with me or even someone who has a relationship with me and said, oh, my gosh, I have never thought about half of these things until mm -hmm. now. Can I come over and talk to you as a Christian? I can say yes. I may say yes, but next week. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's yeah. OK. Yeah. But. I am going to say yes. Mm -hmm. And I learned that actually from April Harper. Mm -hmm. She had mm -hmm. had her, her front porch were, was open to front porch conversations. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying mm -hmm. to her, oh my goodness, I'm so exhausted. I want to say, don't call me. I don't want coffee. I don't want donuts. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go for a walk. And she said, every morning I get up and I sit with Jesus and I say, I am your servant. Mm -hmm. And she said, it's made me more open to use my voice mm -hmm. and not social media. Mm -hmm. It's made me open to having someone come to my front porch. Mm -hmm. I'm not seeking people to come to my front porch, but if someone calls me, I am going to let them yeah. come to my front porch, you know? Right. And so I think you have to be willing to get uncomfortable and ask dumb questions. You know what I mean? I've asked you some. Ask, yes. <laughs> Get uncomfortable. Ask dumb questions and be, I, I'm telling you right now, I believe more than anything, we are going to be so held accountable mm -hmm. for how you handle this. White Christians are going to be so, you are going to be held accountable. Mm -hmm. And if you really believe that Jesus is who he says he is, then you've got to get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. When you got married, you got uncomfortable, right. right? Yeah. I told you, when I got married, I was 39 years old. I was almost 40. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this man is entering my space. Yes. <laughs> I mean, literally, he is entering mm -hmm. my space. Yeah. I was on Broadway. I've done plays. I've mm -hmm. traveled the country. I've lived by myself. Things that sweet Southern women think, oh my goodness, did you do that? I go to movies by myself. I go to, you know what I mean? Everything. Go to dinner by myself. And now at 39, never lived with a man before. You're right. I'm getting ready to get married. And I was like, oh Lord. Right. That was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. As much as I loved my husband, that was uncomfortable. I was like, Okay, how long I got to sit next to him on the couch before I can go in my bedroom and read a book, right? Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's yeah. like I had to let go of some things. I had to let go of some pride. Mm -hmm. I had to get uncomfortable and be like, yes, yes, this is what God wants. This is what we want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is not the story of two kids growing up together. This mm -hmm. is we have both lived individual lives, right? Yeah. And it's still nice when he goes camping with his friends. <laughs> I get the TV to myself, you know, but that was something that I had said, I am going to be uncomfortable and I'm going to do things. You know, I'm going to sit next to him during a dang old hockey game because, you know, if I'm just side by side, mm -hmm. that makes him feel like I care mm -hmm. about him. So sometimes that's what you do. 
you know? Mm. She brought donuts and she came and sat next to me. She didn't say a word. <laughs> yeah. You know? Side that's by side. Side that's, by that's side. That's a good word. Yeah. You know I what I mean? And the so, thing is, like, I think, I, and I believe that there are some things that need to happen on a really macro scale and legislation and all kinds of things, but, and, and you touched on this and you touched on this, but, but I've got, I'm responsible for me. And I'm responsible for my family yes. and my church and my friends and my people. And so that's, I love what you're saying. That's where, that's where I change. Like, yes. what do we do? We work on us. We, uh, we, we talked all of June about honor, about the kingdom framework of honor. Yes. And that's it. If I, if I believe that's what you're saying, if I believe that the kingdom of God in, within the kingdom of God is this mosaic of honor is mm -hmm. the Imago day that you have the image of God in you and I have the image of God in me, then, then I have to learn that kingdom framework and, yeah. and walk in that. And, yeah. and, um, so I got one more question for you. Okay. So the, the <clears throat> reason I love the Psalm so much is there's all of the angst, but it's not all bad. And you know me, I've got to t tell a joke after I get real sad for a little while. So <laughs> yeah. it's not all bad. So in Psalm 13, we have this oppression, we have this angst. And then um, at the end, he's like, but I will sing to you. But I will sing of your rescue. So it's this turn of hope. And I heard, um, I think it was John Gray, he said um, that despair is as deadly as denial when it comes to uh, this topic. And so here's my question. Where are you finding hope? Wow. Where do you see the rescue and <sighs> the kingdom framework, all of those things? Um, <clears throat> I have been um, pretty amazed by some people who have shown up mm -hmm. for me. I have been amazed by people who have said, what can I do, you know? And I have I've sent them a list by a, a white woman at our church because I felt like the list should come from someone white mm -hmm. um, of all the things that she's done. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, and she could totally live in her privilege. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, she she could live in her cocoon, and mm -hmm. she decided. I'm stepping out, I'm reading these, I'm watching this, and then she started talking about it. Mm -hmm. And when people have messaged me and said, uh, I read these four books this mm -hmm. week, and I've watched these three movies, and these are the books I'm reading next, and now I want to let you know, you know what I mean? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I want to let you know that I'm putting action to words, uh -huh. you know, mm -hmm. um, I because you have to understand, and I will say this to you guys, mm -hmm. as church leaders that having people come to your church of color and sit next to you on Sunday is mm -hmm. easy. Mm -hmm. It's easy. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. we have hard conversations, mm -hmm. uncomfortable conversations at our church. People have left, yeah. you know, yeah. people have said, yeah. this is not for me. Mm -hmm. This sitting in this, you know, we don't do it on Sunday with visitors, mm -hmm. but we mm -hmm. have like, some family meetings when mm -hmm. we need to, you know, and there have been things that have been said and tears shed. And 
And it will continue to be that way. You know, we got an election coming up. Mm -hmm. It's going to continue to be that way. Mm -hmm. But are you willing to sit in that? And, you know, as church leaders, you remember that. I, you don't need to be like going and standing on the street going, we, we love you black people, come to our church, <laughs> right? That is not my pastor. I remember my pastor saying um, in a conversation, he said, um, you can be a white church the difference between being a white church and being a white church that's steeped in whiteness. Hmm. That means I come into your church and everything is about you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And when you're steeped in whiteness, that means you don't see me. You kind of see me in terms of, oh, yeah, we got six black people at our church, mm -hmm. but you don't see me, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So don't have white guilt about being a white church. Mm -hmm. It's the difference between being a white church and then having everything you do steeped in whiteness, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and not seeing anything else, being yeah. colorblind, you know, mm -hmm. being Jesus loves everybody. Yes, he does get to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. truly believe Go that, from grief to that's right. Yeah. If you truly okay. believe that get to work, but that's what gives me hope. I mean, yeah. I, you're seeing people, I've right. seen yeah. people, I have been pleasantly pleasantly surprised by people mm -hmm. and pleasantly broken i mean and brokenhearted by people mm -hmm. but the flip side of that is i have been pleasantly pleasantly surprised by people I and it. i will tell you having my neighbors do that blunt rally with me mm -hmm. i can't and all of our kids sitting together mm -hmm. you know it was just like all of our kids, like just how many do we have together? 11, 25, 25. <laughs> but you know, like all of our kids with their little signs, <laughs> homemade signs that they made sitting together, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, if we don't have hope, where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go? And so, I mean, and having Lori, our other mm -hmm. neighbor, go mm -hmm. with me to Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. She went with me to Juneteenth, and my knee was hurting, so I couldn't march, mm -hmm. and she said, I'm staying. I love I was it. like, oh, Lord, little white girl. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I think I'm going to stay. But, that, gives, but, but, but that gives yeah. me hope. That mm -hmm. gives me hope. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to end this conversation. It feels like we need to go on forever, but <laughs> maybe we'll do another one. Um, but here's what we're going to do. We are going to resource you. We're going to put things in the chat. We'll be doing things on social media this week. If you're like, what do I read? Where do I start? Um, it, it's, it's coming for you. So uh, thank you, Sam. And thank you, Tracy. I love you. Yeah, I love you. So um, a couple of things. We have a Selah practice every single week. And so here it is. Um, what we talked about, the, it's in the resources, the Harvard implicit bias test, I think is incredibly important for everyone. And at the same time, along with that, the Holy Spirit uh, is available to us uh, to allow us to look inside our own hearts and our own lives at what is destroying us and destroying others. So um, for that practice this week, will you spend at some point in the week a little while reading Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24? Uh, it, it's this moment where the psalmist is saying, search me, God, look into my heart and see what is offensive in me. And I think that the Holy Spirit has the ability to reveal things in us that uh, maybe we don't even know in our own selves. So, um, so now we're going to come to the table. We do this every week at the Vineyard.